The Freedom Project is the pursuit of a healthy mind, body, and soul. By investing in these areas, we can live our calling to the best of our ability. We hope to inspire you to chase down the dreams that you have tucked away in your heart. This is the Freedom Project Podcast. Well, I tell you what, this is an exciting day. I've been looking forward to uh, interviewing Taylor here since I began thinking about this podcast. Taylor has been an individual who I've been able to look up to in my life uh, for a number of years. And he he has lived a dream of a hunting and fishing guy for a number of years. And so just picking his brain and kind of seeing what uh, it's all about uh, is something I'm looking forward to big time. But I'm going to introduce Taylor Michaels. Um, Taylor uh, is a guide for Burke Ranch Outfitters. And you can see that um, I'll leave the link in the note description if you want to take a look at that. And then if you want to look on Instagram, it's uh, T underscore Mike 33. And um, Taylor we'll get into animals that you, uh, uh, guide for and where you guide and that kind of thing. So people get an understanding of that, but just to give a little bit more on your background, you're a three sport athlete in high school where you played baseball, uh, wrestled and played football. Then you went on to play division two football for the last three years of your college career where you were free safety. And in Crookston, you led the team in tackles for two years. You were a wild man back there just chatting a little bit before the show, I didn't realize he was the tallest and heaviest uh, free safety in the nation. Uh, but when we got to watch him, I understood why his coaches put him there because he was aggressive as all heck. Taylor's married with a very understanding wife, and uh, he's also a new dad. He is the host and producer of the JMO podcast, which is a fishing podcast, and he's an outfitter. He's a, he's a guy you want to be around and a guy you want to listen to. So um, without further ado, I just want to introduce Taylor Michaels. Hey, right on, man. I appreciate all that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if any, anybody that's outdoorsy, um, you know, in that way with the hunting and fishing will probably appreciate it. But, uh, uh, yeah. And if anybody's maybe not so much into hunting and fishing, um, you know, sometimes I can ramble on a little bit. You'll have to cut me off and redirect me into the right direction. Uh, <laughs> if I get too windy on the hunting and fishing stuff. <laughs> you bet. Well, I tell you, I have some, I have some, uh, some questions that I've been wanting to ask for a number of years. And so if you don't mind, we're going to start there. Um, but yeah. why don't you, well, how about this? Why don't you give a little background about what you guide, where you guide um, and yeah. What seasons, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm a licensed hunting guide in Montana uh, and uh, Burke Ranch Outfitters. We're localized up in the Northeast corner in the Missouri river breaks. Anybody that, uh, keeps track of uh, archery elk hunting most certainly knows where I'm talking about it's a it's a, a tremendous destination across the lower 48 for uh, you know just uh, Rocky Mountain elk hunting and uh, archery hunting is a real opportunity there and um, and then you know probably next in line we do a lot of mule deer hunting right there in that same area the, uh, in the Missouri breaks uh, we also uh, hunt a you know, antelope you know, whitetails and then, uh, you know, the odd, uh, bighorn sheep. That's uh, that's a really rare hunt, but I take a lot of pride. I always mention that when people ask what we guide for, cause that's something that, uh, uh, that's a tremendous opportunity in my career to guide bighorn sheep. And that's like, uh, it's like a, that's kind of like a badge of honor, I guess, if you will, um, humbly to, to say that we do guide that as well. But, um, you know, I wasn't always a, a hunting guide. You know, you and I grew up together in Pelican Rapids, Minnesota, right? There's not a lot of elk and bighorn sheep and mule deer around Pelican. So, um, but yeah, I just, I just grew up a real passionate outdoorsman. And so, um, 
you know, after college and uh, getting into the workforce a little bit, uh, I uh, I had it. I don't know if the the young boy is, stayed inside of me, just like the dream of working in the outdoor industry, the dream of uh, being out west. Um, you know, like I would open up magazines and and look at the pictures in like some you know some outdoor life magazine and just uh, put myself in that picture all the time, right? Like, <laughs> like if you were to watch like Looney Tunes, you know, like where they put, you know, a cartoon where they'll, they'll draw like a circle on the wall and it's a hole and then they can jump through it. Like I would, I could, I could so easily fantasize about and dream about stuff, um, you know, like that. And so, um, and as far as the podcast and the fishing stuff, uh, that I do the, the rest of the year, cause the hunting is in the fall, that's September through November is three solid months. Um, you know, the fishing stuff is sort of a byproduct of that because I guide first and foremost, that's my number one passion in life. That's been my career now for, um, yeah, I guess I don't even, I don't know if I keep track of the years, like maybe 2014 or something like that when I started full-time, but yeah, then you gotta, when you do a job like, like guiding or like uh, crab fishing or whatever it is, that's very seasonal, then you got to find another job where somebody will hire you for the other nine months out of the year. And so I work for uh, Jason Mitchell Outdoors Productions and we do, you know, outdoor media there too. So they kind of go hand in hand where, you know, I hunt all fall and then I work in the fishing industry the rest of the, of the time. And yeah, man, I would definitely say it's a dream. It's a labor of love though. It's hard work and whatever it's, um, it may, maybe it's cliche to say, but it's probably more, um, you know, work, you know, physical, mental, emotional work than, um, uh, you know, then really meets the eye. You know, you spend a lot of time on the road, you know, and uh, away from your loved ones, things like that. And, uh, you know, so there's some stressors there, but I'm not gonna, um, you know, I'm not gonna fool you. It's definitely my passion and uh, it is my dream and it is a reality for me, no doubt. When you, you know, obviously you've had that desire for a long time and you realized in your twenties, like, I gotta go chase that down. What was the thing that made you change to go from, I want to do that. That looks awesome. I want to, I want to be that guy in that picture to, I'm actually going to go be that guy in that picture now. Like I'm going to go pursue this thing with everything I got. Yeah, man, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that, like particularly, you know, for me pulling the trigger on pursuing my dream was not easy for me, not easy in the sense that you know, for me, it came out uh, as a result of major struggle. Uh, I was not happy in my career at the time. And I didn't have a lot of excuses for that. I just, it just wasn't the right fit. And it was making me super unhappy. And, you know, and because of that, and just all kinds of other things, I wasn't, I wasn't able to make the adjustments, uh, you know, in that space. And my relationship with my uh, girlfriend, my now wife was deteriorating. And that was just, um, you know, I just was going through a ton of struggles that were a big deal. And so change was required regardless. I remember like just knowing deep down in my heart that I was, I was going to make some calls to either move out West or, you know, or, you know, whatever I, I needed to pursue the outdoor industry before it was too late in mm -hmm. life. And, uh, you know, and I just didn't want to be a chicken about it. And so I knew it was going to happen. And it was actually like, I guess my point is it wasn't a result of like tremendous success in my life. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I made so much money in a previous career that I could just go and do whatever I wanted. 
It sure. wasn't that, um, you know, it wasn't that the opportunity came knocking on my door at all. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was, I cold called um, my now boss. Um, and it was just, you know, uh, you know, Stephanie and I were, we were just, we were just struggling with stuff and, you know, life, life was just getting to us and we were in our twenties and we didn't know nothing about nothing. And, and we were trying to, trying to make it. And, but I was just so, I was just not uh, happy with what I was doing. And she was the, really the straw that broke the camel's back. And she said, you just, you gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta make a career change. And if you're going to make a career change, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, the only thing I know would make me happy is if I tried the outdoor industry and fishing, if I tried guiding. Yeah. She's like, well, by the time I get home from work tonight, you better have made the call. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because she could see I, you know, I wasn't happy and it was it was making us unhappy and stuff. I, I don't you know, I don't mean to like, you know, whatever overstate all that. But it was true. Like my my decision making in that at that time in my life was the result of just, you know, struggle and just being down in the dumps. And my life required change for anything to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I made a cold call to an outfitter uh, that I uh, had built a relationship with through previously hunting with them and, and being in touch with them and following along with them. And I had a ton of respect for this guy and the way he ran his outfit. And I really like, I, I want crossing my fingers. I wanted it to be him so bad. It was one of the most nervous calls, right? It was like, you know, just like getting down on one knee to ask, uh, ask uh, Stephanie to marry me. was like, you know, right, right beneath that was this phone call. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I made the call and, and it was so, um, you know, I'll never forget it um, because it, 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 Kelly is my my now boss. Uh, Kelly and his wife Tammy are just amazing people, and and I really felt that when I had the little bit of a relationship I already had with him. But I called Kelly and I, I was like, you know, just hear me out, you know, because up until this point we were just acquaintance buddies, you know, and um, I was like, hey, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm really. Uh, uh, want to make some serious changes. I'm not, you know, I live far away. Like I live in Bismarck, North Dakota, and this is like, you know, this is Northeast Montana. It's like hundreds of miles away, you know, and it's like, Hey, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't even know what I'm asking for, but I'm just asking for a shot, you know, and like, and so this could be that, that this conversation I think could be transferable to anybody's dreams or careers where, um, you got to shoot your shot. Okay. And you, if it's going to make a, if it's going to make a big difference. And I, I feel like, you know, if you shoot for the sun, you might land on the moon, you know? And, (laughs) and I believe in, I believe in like paying your dues and everything too. So like, I didn't expect my dream job to like be available like this, but um, yeah, Kelly like welcomed me in with open arms and was like, you know, I'll mentor you for a couple of years and we'll get into this guiding thing and, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, it, the shoe fit at that point, you know, it's a, you know, a square peg and a square hole where it just, you know, and that first year, that first season, um, you know, was just a big deal. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's really just flourished since. And, and I'm just, I take, there's a, you know, I take a lot of pride in, in the things that, um, you know, we've done and the things that we're working towards out there. And it's, yeah, it's cause it's a passion and, you know, it's a dream. But, you know, you're, it's a dream world and you're living in it or whatever. But, man, to get to that point, it, you know, where I pulled that trigger, um, you know, it was just in my story was it was just really just a result of being backed into a corner, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, emotionally and spiritually. 
and to where um, I had to fight my way out swinging haymakers. I had to make huge changes and huge the uh, shifts, you know, just huge shifts in my life. And, you know, and it really is the greatest, um, you know, it's the success story of my young life because I have so far, it's been everything that I ever wanted or dreamed it to be, you know, just how much reward I have out of mm-hmm. in my life. And, um, you know, it, it just, I, I, I learned a lot from it. You know, Stephanie and I are now married and have a son. And, you know, as far as I know, we're pretty happy. <laughs> she, she's not here to verify, but I can, I can, I can certainly speak for myself that uh, things, you know, things are going good. No, that's what I love. I love the fact that she was like, here's the deal. It's going to be done by today. You know, yeah, I mean? man, and her support too, like the, my relation, our relationship you know, it was a big part of, it. I don't know how, you know, whatever, I don't know how personal you want to get on here, but I, I don't mind sharing it because it's, it was, it's the truth and it's a big part of my story, but like it, um, you know, like she was still like, even in a tough time, like she was still so committed to me and she knew me better than I was, you know, she, she, she could see my next move. She was just hoping I would, you know, be able to see it too. And, and finally she was just like, man, you just got to do this, you know, <laughs> and her support, you know, that was like such a big deal. I always give her credit for that. People always say stuff like about being a hunting guide and whatever, not knowing what all goes into being a hunting guide. I think a lot of people don't, um, you know, as far as they're the way we operate, I guess you could say there's lots of different ways to be a hunting guide, but we're a very, uh, you know, hands-on, um, you know, we, teach a lot of hunting in our camp and it's like our camp is like uh, a bunch of guys that are super passionate about hunting and we you know we we uh yeah we have a really really cool camp it's not like a a turnkey you know conveyor belt of like you just come in and you hunt and, and go home like we make tremendous memories where we're at and uh, hmm. you know our clients uh become great friends and family i i knew that that was the, you know that's my style yeah i guess it's been my recent this success story yeah, that's so cool, man. I, I love it. I love to hear the straw that broke the camel's back in this story. But the thing that made you go, okay, let's pull the trigger and make this thing happen. And a lot of times I think that when there is the hardship, I really think that that's when you can see things more clearly or it forces you into a situation to do what you really want to do. I think it's cool that she could see it. And I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, a significant other or good friends or people around you, I mean, they can so often see like, this isn't going to work or this is going to work, you know, and it's, it's pretty important to have those people in your life. So that's, that's wonderful. I'm curious about this because, you know, when I picture hunting, I I love to bow hunt, but it's hard. And I could go out there. I I hunted one deer, 33 hunts one year. And it felt like I was in a tree all the time. Like that's all I was doing was sitting, waiting for this deer. And I never saw a darn thing. I learned a lot, but I, I mean, that's, uh, and that's still a relatively young hunter, but it was a ton of time and never even to see him. There's just a level of luck. There's a level of skill. It's a level of un, you know, unpredictability. You can really set yourself up for success, but at the same time, there's a level that you don't get a control in your job. Is that hard being under pressure, knowing someone paid, you know, their hard earned dollar and your job is to help them get an animal. That's like elusive, that gets big by being smart and by avoiding you. <laughs> Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, um, and to even go back a little bit. So, you know, early on in my guide career, 
you know, uh, talking about the the job of a guide, when somebody spends their hard-earned money, uh, it's a huge deal. And and it's some, it's the biggest consideration that I make in terms of my strategy to be a good hunting guide. And in most cases, my job isn't to make them successful in shooting an animal. I'm giving them an experience. It's so much deeper than just that the, 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 the killing the animal mm-hmm. um, where, uh, you know, we, we, uh, you know, you, you get the whole experience when you come, you know, for your money. And, and a lot of times by the time people leave, when they were showing up, all they could think about was like big antlers and the, that shot opportunity. But by the time they leave, you know, and they have that animal, the, the stories that they're going to tell and remember are going to be the camaraderie and, uh, you know, the, the, the good food and the spirits at the end of the day and, um, you know, meeting people and the sharing the stories and, and uh, I tailor the hunt around their skills and abilities after I get to know them. And in, in, in a short amount of time, I mean, you got to be able to, you know, the hunt is six days long and I got to build a relationship that allows uh, me to communicate with my hunters, you know, like, you know, without talking or, or sign language, because you got to be sneaky to hunt a lot of times, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to, um, Oh, you know, I guess almost describe uh, very well in a short amount of time, but yeah, like, so just, you know, just getting them that animal is like such a, is such a small part of, of the job, you know, in reality. So, um, but that is definitely like, that's how that's, those are the slashes that you put on the the tent wall though, is like the successes. And so at the end of the day, you got to be successful, but you know, the hunters got to, got to fling arrows during archery season. Then, you know, during rifle season, you know, we got to be, we got to be uh, uh, punching tags, you know, to be successful as an outfit, you know, long term. But, but yeah, man, when um, I can tell you that um, that that is one of the uh, biggest considerations that I make because I can put myself in that those shoes really easily. You know, uh, I've afforded myself some hunts in the past that they were just such a huge deal, and you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, the hunters put pressure on themselves. You know, if they don't have a lot of experience you know, they're coming out to elk hunt with us and because they pay us because it's their first time ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, it's, um, you know, their skills and abilities, um, you know, I got to make an evaluation uh, about that. But then I also got a lot of times I got to give them pep talks just to get them up for the day because they're like nervous, you know, like, you know, they, they're not even thinking twice uh, about whether or not I'm going to do my job. They're, you know, they're just nervous that they're going to miss the shot or they're, sure. you know, nervous. They're nervous that we're going to have to hike too much and things like that. And, um, man, I, I'm always making my decisions and considerations when I'm guiding individuals, um, you know, based on their strengths and, you know, how, uh, you know, how I can get them to be successful in a rewarding way. I'm not going to cram a difficult hunt down somebody's throat that, um, you know, isn't ready for it because even if they do shoot the biggest bull elk, uh, or the biggest buck deer, the biggest, uh, you know, bighorn ram, you know, it, if I don't do my job properly, they can still go home very unhappy for the money that they spent. Okay. So like that, that, you know, that responsibility, all those considerations, you know, are huge and, and that's, uh, it's different for each person an individual, and, you know, only experience and stuff over time. But I'll say, you know, in, in terms of guiding, I had a professional career where I was selling and, or, you know, working in sales and dealing with people all the time. And I think that helped me a lot, uh, you know, sorry, in terms of being a guide, because it's like customer service in a way, you know, it's like where, you know, they, you know, they come to hunt with us 
but uh, I had dealt with some personalities before. And so, yeah, like people, that's, that's, that's code for, I've dealt yep. with some difficult people before, you know, um, you know, uh, for a hunt with us, you know, we do, we're very active and, and it requires uh, physical conditioning, you know, to a certain extent. And the spectrum of people's um, abilities uh, physically is decides the spectrum of hunting that we can do because um, it's very uh, over in the, in the Missouri breaks. There's, there's a lot of variety in landscape. You can hike a ton if you want. There's some flat ground if you want. There's some really rugged, steep stuff, you know, and, and the animals, can sometimes be in one area and not the other. You know what I mean? So like you really got to, you know, to be a guide and, and give your, your clients a good opportunity. I got to make a, I got to make a quick and accurate um, evaluation of their abilities. But then at the same time, I'm, I got to uh, find out, you know, their personality and their emotions and, you know, what level of, of emotions are they on? Um, because that can kind of decide, you know, the kind of risks that I'm willing to take. Um, because if I, you know, you know, take a few risks that I feel like are necessary to be successful and get an animal, if we're not successful, which happens a lot, you know, uh, on a day-to-day basis, you're not successful every time you go in there, even, you know, the best in the world, you know, I got to find out if I'm going to ruin that person's day or that person's hunt where I would, uh, you know, I'll be more conservative with somebody, um, you know, just depending upon their personality. And so it all ties in. But, you know, those decisions, the, the absolute backbone, the base level of, of making that those decisions, um, you know, just knowing that that's my job, you know, to make somebody go home happy for the money they spent, you know, is, is my responsibility. If I'm called upon to do the most, I mean, if I'm called upon to just absolutely uh, risk life and limb, if you will, like, if uh, you know, I'll, I'll hike. 20 miles of the toughest miles you've ever heard of so that my client can go a half mile. If that's, if that's all they're capable of, I'll do the rest. I will do the rest. I I take that as my responsibility. And and if somebody goes home uh, without an animal or without a a real solid opportunity, I have a ton of self-reflection to do. I feel like, like I, I do that. Like I absolutely do that. I would never make an excuse that uh, you know, somebody wasn't, um, you know, if they're not happy, like it's their fault because they couldn't do something like I would never, even the most, even the toughest client that, you know, uh, which doesn't happen very often. Everybody's awesome. But, you know, if you have a tough client that just, it's just not, it's clunky, it's just, you know, something wasn't right you know, where we, we didn't meet his expectation or whatever. And, and they're not happy. Like that's such a rare thing, but, but even then, like, I think it would be easy to like put that back on them and just be like, Hey man, you know, we're good at what we do, you know, like if you don't get it, you don't get it. I would never do that. Like I, you always got to look for opportunities to get better. And that's the basis of it is like my responsibility to be <laughs> everything that they ever want me to be, you know, for their hard earned dollars. Cause when they go home, they got to answer. I know how that part is too. When yep. you go home, you got to answer <laughs> to your wife and kids. And it's like, you just spent all of our money, you know, you just spent our savings for the last, however long. Um, you know, to go do that selfish thing that you wanted to do, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to beg on wives or significant others or anything like that. Um, but that being said, I, I, I consider that part too. Like I want them to go home with, with some, you know, tremendous, uh, experience that, uh, 
that will make them feel like they spent their money in the right spot. <laughs> you know, it's it's a very good point, though. Maybe that's, you know, part of like a money mindset of growing up in a middle class. We had what we needed, but we didn't have like, uh, we weren't going on a bunch of extravagant hunting trips. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, you right. Were, yeah. You were, you were hunting public, <laughs> and which is oh, which man. is totally fine. But Dude, yeah, I think about that all the time, you know, and, you know, I'm going to take us down a rabbit hole here, but like, where we grew up in Pelican, like, you know, and I, I can so easily bring myself back there, like, you know, around town in that, in a community like that, a small town Midwest community, you know, there's like in, in friend groups or in a community, like there's people at your work where there's that, that guy or that gal or that couple, like they're designated the hunters because they hunt a lot. They go, they go out elk hunting every year. You know, they, they take a week of vacation and they go hunting every year. That person would be dubbed like the premier hunter <laughs> for where we grew up. You know, they, right. they, they, they hunt whitetails in Minnesota and they go uh, every year. They go and hunt either elk or mule deer every year. They go, they take seven days off and they travel to and from, they probably get four or five days of hunting out West a year. And that's, that's like a designated, like, you know, they, they are like, the, they are the foremost authority, you know, in, in the community to talk to about hunting. And I, we grew up with that. Yeah. And now I go out and I think about like, you know, the four or five days a year um, in one spot in the same place year after year after year that, you know, a lot of people that we would have grown up deeming as like the premier hunter, like they hunt four or five days a year out West. And I think like, it would take them 10 years, that person, it would take them 10 years of their hunting career and everything that they've put in to going out West the last 10 years would accumulate to about a third of what I do in one season. Yeah, like, that. <laughs> it, it, does that make any sense? Like, yeah, like, absolutely. It, it, you know, so, so people's perspectives, like, and that was a perspective I had to learn, but I wanted to learn it because it was my passion. Like I wanted to know what it felt like to, you know, hike, western big game country 150 days a year you know um and just uh, you know but still maintain a job and you know to, you know be home enough to, to you know like i'm not talking about like living off the grid or nothing i certainly don't do that I, you know we whatever we live in bismarck but like still the commitment of doing that i wanted to know what that was and i wanted to know if i could do that and that's you know when you're a guide you know for three months you know and you guide you know 50 to 60 plus days, um, you know, and you got to put forth that effort just as much for the first client as you do your last clients, you know, mm -hmm. and you got to be so prepared for that. Um, yeah. literally like, like, yeah, like, and again, I'm not trying to talk down on anybody from, you know, our hometown or whatever yeah. that like, you know, yeah. you know, has a handful of mounts on the wall or whatever. Cause they, they, they're deemed like the hunter, but man, to be a guide and, you know, and live your dream, man, you got to be willing to take an absolute, uh, you, uh, kicking. I mean, like I, I go out there every year, I go out there every year, you know, day one, just, uh, you know, smelling like a rose as prepared as I can possibly be. But by the time I come back, you know, like, uh, the last two years in a row, like I lost like 17 pounds and, you know, I'm consuming like 4,000 calories a day just to keep up. And I'm still losing like almost 20 pounds a season, you know, just putting in all that work. And I love it. Like, I love it so much, but yeah, man, like, this is like a major commitment. I, I do want to go down that 
path a little bit. Again, you've kind of talked about the landscape out there where you're flat ground, you got some hills or you can go rugged up and down. But what do you do to prepare both physically, nutrition wise? I mean, what is when you're when you're pre-gaming this this season, what does that look like to you? That I think that I think about physically is like we're not getting any younger. So <laughs> to be to be at any level of like, you know, peak performance for anybody, like it's got to be year round. Like you got to be making considerations year round total lifestyle the thing that motivates me or the thing that i have in my head everything the, the whole premise of my like the decision making around my fitness and stuff is what i had just mentioned um is I, all i think about is i need to be in good enough shape to give the same opportunity to my very last hunters of the season after all this i got to go through a total gauntlet meat grinder of a season of just hiking, packing animals. Um, you know, we pack all the animals out on our back. Uh, you know, we don't have horses. You don't, you certainly cannot drive a vehicle up to the animals very often where we hunt. That's not mm -hmm. a thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, the average pack job, you know, you pack and, you know, elk and deer out of, uh, you know, for, for miles at, you know, at times, but on average, certainly like one mile, you know, uh, one way, um, you know, to, to a vehicle or whatever, like I got to be physically fit enough to give my last client this same dream opportunity for their money as the first clients of the season. When mm -hmm. I, when you think week one, there should be no excuses. Um, you know, you should be fit. I should be ready to go, but I got to feel, I, 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 I prepare myself to be that dream experience and that dream opportunity for my last clients. I, I, I literally, I journal about this stuff. I, 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 I think about that stuff every day. So, you know, when I got to get up early in the morning, uh, you know, to go do a workout or whatever, I'm thinking about that client that, you know, four or five years from now that uh, is going to rely on me um, in the last week of the rifle season. And, you know, but right now he's just, he's got to worry about waking up and going to work and making that money um, so that he can do his dream and go on a hunt. Um, and so that's my main motivator. But as far as like, you know, what I actually do, um, you know, I, I feel like I got to be strong. And so I don't necessarily lift a lot of weights. I, I practice by doing so, uh, you know, I'll load up a backpack and mm -hmm. you, know, you got to get up early when the weather's nice. I get up as early as I can, you know, whatever, three thirty, four thirty in the morning, uh, because time is a big thing when you're a hunting guide, a day's work is say 10 miles of hiking rugged country over, uh, 10 hour a day. I got to get up early so that I can have like, say a two hour workout where it, and it might just be a walk and a jog. And I'm loaded. Some days I'm loaded down with a heavy pack because it just works out my body or whatever. But you know, my goal is to either hike or jog, um, a marathon a week, you know, whatever you can make excuses for certain things, but ultimately if you're going to get it done, it requires a tremendous amount of discipline. And so I know that when I discipline myself into doing this, man, like that's where I see the, uh, you know, the highest rate of returns. And, um, a lot of it's mental, you know, a lot of hunting is mental. It's unbelievable what the human body can do. Um, and I think most people probably have no idea what they're capable of. And so it's like those mental stressors as well. And discipline is a mental stressor, man, like forcing yourself to get up on time or forcing yourself to do it today instead of being too tired or whatever. That's really the biggest considerations that I make. It's like when I wake up every day and look in the mirror, I ask myself a handful of questions. And one of them is like, did I do it? You know, did I do it? And, you know, like, it, 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 no, you know, 
it's uh, it's nice when you have those accountability partners. I think that's like a huge deal. But for me, did I do it? Nutrition too, just to kind of you know uh, answer the, the nutrition part of it. You know, I I, I would say we're outdoorsy. Uh, we hunt and fish, and so the biggest portion percentage of our diet for every single meal, you know, is, is wild game, uh, would be, uh, you know, the backbone of it in our freezer. You're going to see a lot of deer and elk venison. And, uh, you know, you're going to see fish that we've caught locally here and, you know, and upland game, waterfall, whatever, you know, I mean, like the protein sources are things that we harvest and take a lot of pride in that. And, you know, you cook it with fresh vegetables. I think that, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, if I get on a good long stretch of just eating good hearty meals like that, it really suits my lifestyle because, you know, of just like hard work. Cause I, I gotta, um, you know, I gotta eat to, to, uh, to put out, you know, for the output that I, that I need to have. Yep. Um, but that is one of my vulnerabilities. Like if we're even going to spend any time or no more time at all talking about nutrition and, and lifestyle and like, you know, uh, portion control, man. Like as a, a hunting guide, I have a season where like in, in the fall, I'll lose weight eating the most food that I could possibly fit down my throat because it's so, it, you know, it's just, there's so much output there. Yep. And then, and then I get right on the backside of that. I still have that appetite, <laughs> but now I, it, I'm finally getting a full night's sleep and I kind of get a little soft, you know, there's like, you know, that, that like, the January and February, it's like, it's so tempting to just kind of, you know, make it, make it excuses and lose that discipline. And I'll still eat. So even if I am eating, um, you know, just, you know, just solid, you know, fresh, you know, cooked you know, meals, like portion control is like my big vulnerability. Yep. Um, For sure. And um, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I watch my weight, like on a scale, particularly because um, I'm worried about what I weigh or anything like that. But it definitely contributes to, uh, you know, just dragging you down and just not feeling super good. So I'm, uh, yeah, that, that's one of my vulnerabilities and definitely you're not going to get, reach your potential and be as good at, at as effective as you can be without being self-aware to know what your vulnerabilities are. You know, talking about being athletes when, when we were younger, um, you know, you learn a lot. Uh, you know, if you go to a, a college uh, and play sports, you're going to be exposed to things like nutrition and exercise and stuff. And, man, I, I love that. I really appreciate that time in my life. And I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of like pick up, you know, certain things. And I know that I was never going to be a nutritionist. I was never going to be like a, you know, a personal trainer or anything like that. Um, but you know, when you're sort of around that or exposed to that's uh, a part of life, uh, you know, enough, I know, I know when I'm eating clean or not. Okay. Like mm-hmm. there's this, I, I, I hate excuses like that where, um, you know, and, and if somebody's like, you know, worried about, you know, oh, you know, I, I got to do this, or I got to do that with my diet, or oh, I didn't know that, or I've been doing this wrong for so many years, and be really careful, man. You got to hold yourself accountable. And at the end of the day, when you get done with a meal, if you're just a well-adjusted, grown adult, you should be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I did it. You know, <laughs> like um, I, 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 I had portion control. I, I ate the right ingredients. Um, you know, and, and, it, you know, learning how to cook, I think is a real popular thing now in this time, mm-hmm. you know, yep. where it's, um, it's important to be making, um, you know, good, strong, healthy decisions on, on, uh, cooking food in your own home and, you know, being more self-sufficient, 
No, I love it. But, you know, there's a couple things that you pulled out of there that I'm just going to highlight. And I just, the first is that you don't give excuses. I love the fact you own it. You own every aspect of that. The second is that not many people actually have a lifestyle that they have to be healthy for, right? So here you sit and your, your job requires you to be in the, in the best condition you can possibly be in. So when you've knocked that out of the park, which you clearly have your finger on the pulse in that sense, then you go to the next step and say, okay, well, it also requires a level of discipline and mindset because it's a grueling son of a gun. And I got to be disciplined to hit my marks. I got to wake up early, but I also have to be on point to be prepared for the next person. And, and I, I think that that's a, you know, that's clearly an industry thing. There's a lot of people, we were just talking about this on the last podcast is when that Monday after Super Bowl is the most heavily canceled, like calling sick workday in the country, right? There's a lot of people that can go to their jobs and they can like be hung over. I mean, they can't, yeah. there's just, there's just an industry that you can do that. You can, you can show up crappy, you know, or, yeah. or the other sense, you can just call in sick and, and not own it. And I think that there's, that's the reason that I, I enjoy talking with you about this because you don't get that, that luxury and it's not a luxury. It's a, it's right. a junk, you know, it's a junky excuse, but regardless of the fact, it requires you to be just incredibly in tune with your body. And it also requires a level of ownership. And I just so much appreciate hearing like the mindset that it takes to, to do your job well. Um, I love the fact you don't give excuses because it's so easy. It's also the piece that we're trying to like chase down and, and motivate and maybe offer as a solution to people. Because again, not many jobs require this, but in the same sense, you know what it's like to feel healthy like really to feel healthy, to wake up and feel good, <laughs> to eat food and it makes you feel good. And you don't check the scale, but you also know what it mentally feels like to go work out. And maybe, you know, half the crew listening to this, they were done doing that when they graduated high school. Yeah. I, I don't, you know what I mean? So I just, I love it. I love the fact it's like, here's the deal. Here you sit in your mid thirties, your dad, right? Let's say that you were still working your sales job. I just need to do something that makes me feel good again. Okay. Go move your body, go eat some healthy food, <laughs> go get some sleep. How about just doing some just real basic three things, but they're the hardest stinking three things in the world. Cause it's easy to eat junky, stay up late and not, oh, man, not 100%, exercise. And you know, and to go back to that. Yeah. Like the job that I had before I started guiding it was, it sort of required its own lifestyle. And that was what was a huge portion of me just not being happy with it because, you know, you're in a sales job and you're, you're working with, you know, building relationships with uh, maybe it's your customers or coworkers or, you know, you, you, you're networking all the time. And what are you doing when you're networking? You know, it's like, Oh, you're, you're drinking beer on a golf course all the time, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, or you're, you know what I mean? Or you're going to restaurants and, and you're, you're putting on a show or whatever it is, right? Like that was just sort of like my case. And I think a lot of people could probably relate to that, yep. but like, I could tell that like, if I, if I have a job, you know, and I thought a, a lot about this back then, and I still think about this, you know, I, I won't be able to do this forever. I mean, I want to try. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I got to put in the work now to be the best I can be now, not just for tomorrow. I got to be healthy enough that I can do all the work to do it as long as I want. Cause I want this to be my career for a long time, but I could, you know, I could, have, uh, you know, at that time, like I just wanted to hunt and fish a lot, 
Okay. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And just wanting to hunt and fish a lot doesn't necessarily mean that being a guide is for you. You can sit at a desk, you know, eight to five, if it, if it suits you and you're really good at it. And then your passions can be outside of your office. And for most everybody, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that is, that's awesome. But you got to be making decisions, um, you know, like that are going to allow you to, uh, you know, have that happy, healthy, passionate lifestyle outside of your job. There's plenty of examples of that in this world. Um, but if you're not, you know, if you're crippled by, uh, you know, what it is that you do for a living or, you know, like your, your friend group, uh, I think that that is a huge thing is, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that hold you accountable in the right way. Like, you know, uh, Stephanie, she encouraged me in a tough time to pursue something that was away from home. I was going to have to travel and be gone a lot for this particular job for a relationship that might be, you know, on the rocks or there should be, there's some question marks around it. You know, knowing that she was supporting me, she could have said, you know what, if you go be a hunting guide in Montana every fall, I can't, you know, I can't be with you because you're going to be gone. You know, like, that, that's an honest answer. And you'd, I would have wanted to hear the honesty if that were the case, but honestly, like, um, surrounding yourself with people that are supporting you and your happiness is such a huge thing. And, um, you know, if you're at work and then, you know, or if you have a friend group and you just know that there's people that aren't gonna, they're, you know, selfishly, they're, they don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to be happy or they just really don't care. And it, it affects you. And you got to make some of those hard decisions, <laughs> man. That, and they're not easy, you know, like, the, like, you know, getting back to that, I truly believe there's just as many examples, if not more of people that achieve their dreams in life as a result of like hardships and difficult decisions. They didn't think they were going to have to mm-hmm. make, they got backed into a wall and you had to fight your way out. And, you know, at some point you had, you had so few chips on the table that pushing all in, that was it. That was all you had, you know? And so if you, if you know that you're surrounded, the writing's on the wall, you're surrounded by negativity and things like that. Um, that means you're losing chips and pretty soon the negativity is going to be there where you got so few chips that it's going to, it's, it's going to be that time. And you don't want it to cost you a, a, a potential healthy marriage. You don't want it to cost you a relationship with your kids, um, you know, or your family or whatever it is. Like you just can't let that stuff seep in. And those would have been looking back, those would have been the warning signs for me. I would have done it way sooner, man. It's like, oh my gosh, that was the easiest, best decision I ever made in my life. You know, but you just about had that, you just about had to have a gun to my head on the edge of a cliff, you know, with you know, just like getting to push me off to get me to do it at that time. You know, yeah. but that was yeah. really it. You know, that's the message is, you know, look, you know, just yeah, let yourself be inspired by positivity and just gravitate towards that. That's, you know, and then social media and stuff nowadays, like I've talked to you about it, like, man, it's, you know, it's social media there. There's a lot of negativity on there, man. It's tough. But I tell you what, I leave myself open to the positivity that's on there and being connected with people because, you know, you and I, we're not neighbors. We don't live in the same town anymore, man. It's been a lot of years, but I, you know, I just tell like, you know, obviously you're a super positive person and I'm always creeping on your stuff and I'm always just like open to, uh, you know, time with you and other folks that are like you. And, you know, I try to be that way all the time too. If anybody ever, you know, talks to me, I just want their impression of me to be just like a fun, positive thing because I mean, you know, time is short 
I don't know. I, I always think about my boys, right? And now you hear you sit as a new father and you like, man, what's going to be their life? I mean, what's their life going to be like? You know, was it going to be like, oh, yeah. was it going to be totally different? I, I hope their friend group is good, right? I hope their teachers are good. I hope that they walk in a way where they get to learn some things the hard way and not necessarily have to go to jail for it. You know, I don't know. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but... yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> oh, those, I, I've, been, I've been a dad now for, I'm a couple of days shy of four months right now. Okay. And, in yep. just a few short months, I have had those thoughts that I thought I would never have my whole life, man. Like, I'm responsible for this person, and this person might make some decisions later in life. You know, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, it just, like, it never ends. And, but, yeah, those that, that, that stuff definitely weighs on you, man. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Well, give, me, give my boys some advice, Taylor. There's so many great pieces of advice. I've gotten <laughs> all kinds of great advice in my lifetime. But for a young person... Um, you know, I would say, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, trust in God's love. Okay. I I don't, you know, I think that, you know, a a strong, um, you know, a spiritual uh, environment is so critical for, you know, it's the right environment to learn all the good lessons, you know, that you're going to learn and have your eyes open to the positivity and learning right from wrong. If you do that in, uh, you know, a, a strong, faithful environment, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, luckily for me, it might have took me a, a while at times to get good at decision making. But I was raised in, you know, a household that, you know, thanks especially to my mom, but definitely, uh, you know, uh, you know, dad was hard knocks a little bit. Um, <laughs> but mom was always there, um, you know, to, to show the love. And, um, you know, I think that if you can, uh, you know, be a young person that is open to, you know, strong faith is going to put you in a position to, you know, learn all of life's good lessons. And then uh, I would say the next thing, especially for a young person is, um, you know, when you're young, you don't want to be dwelling on like outcomes. And, you know, if I win or lose this basketball game or wrestling match or whatever, it's effort, uh, effort, Mm -hmm. which kind of, it parallels attitude. Uh, things that you can control is, you know, your effort that you put into things and your attitude and, and always having a smile and, um, you know, saying please and thank you in those environments and just being, you know, just being having a, a positive attitude, um, you know, all the time uh, you're going to develop sort of, uh, yeah, I just think that you're going to develop good habits, uh, decision making habits with um, positive attitude and uh, and and uh, yeah, just effort. Um, you know, I, I guess that can be related to, uh, to anything like, you know, just, you got math homework and that's not what every, you know, that's not awesome, (laughs) but you're going to find out over time that if you give it 110% of your effort, you'll get it done quicker and, you know, you'll, you'll learn it faster and it won't be nearly as much of a problem, but then also the fun stuff like being in sports and athletics or, um, you know, or shoveling dirt in the driveway or whatever. Like if you give everything 110% effort, you're going to find out that, uh, you know, you're going to find out that your 110% is probably way higher than you think it is. And you're <laughs> going to get good at stuff. And then the results, uh, you know, are going to come later in life. And like, so those types of patterns in a young person's life are just such a, so, so important. I think um, that they at least get exposed to it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples of people that, don't have uh, the best guidance young in life, but you know, they, there's no lost souls, man. Like people can come around later. No question about it. You got to keep your eyes and heart open to, 
positive, you know, negativity to turn into positivity later in life. But man, mm-hmm. advice to a young person. Yeah. Just have, have faith in God's love and just uh, be prepared to just live life to the fullest with a smile <laughs> on your face. And people are going to, the right people are going to like you and gravitate towards you and having good people around you is going to produce the opportunities and the experiences that you're looking for. And that would be my rant on that. Ah, dude, I love it. Did you, did you do the workout? Yeah. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which, I did which one? Six, did- four, five. You did six, this, four, five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The six, four, five, it's, you know, six days a week, 45 minutes or whatever. Yep. Um, obviously it was a sampling yeah. and, um, well, it was, it was one yeah, full so workout it, of it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was, um, you know, it definitely took me for a ride for okay. sure. Um, <laughs> I would say I liked the creativity in it yep. because like, this was just like a total wake up call of like all the things that I've forgotten in my previous athletic career, like where I, I thought I knew every workout and I thought I knew how to like work every muscle that I wanted to work and pinpoint muscle groups and, you know, all this stuff. And like, I'm doing this and I'm, I mean, it just like flatlined me a couple of times and I was like, huh, what the heck? You know, uh, there was something about the delivery. Maybe it's just that guy that, that did it. Um, but, uh, you know, he was just like sort of like positive reinforcement and, and was talking about the important things, like the details, mm-hmm. things that I feel like are left on the table so much. And, and it's where the discipline really falls off and people don't see results both physically and, you know, say mentally um, is when they're not doing the details and doing their form and stuff. Right. And he didn't like he didn't cram it down your throat. He didn't show off his muscles and, or, you know, there was guests or there was other people and they're doing it where I've seen these programs before. One thing that I appreciated was when I got done with it, it wasn't just a gun show. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. And, um, and it didn't require a lot of space in the house. I actually found that, uh, the space that I took up, you know, just messing around doing what they were doing on that video. Um, one thing that I thought right away was, you know, if somebody was going to do this, they require about as much real estate in their house or outside as like a treadmill takes up like the same amount of floor space. So it was actually like, there was something very like, um, I don't know, like it was just great in that way where it didn't seem like it was gonna, it takes a lot of like, you know, investment. Like you don't have to have a big house or a workout room. You don't have to go to a gym to do it. You, You know, outdoors is obviously a good thing for the fresh air, but like, you don't even need that kind of space. You could do an apartment. And, um, so I think a lot of people would appreciate that everybody that was on there was a different body type and they were all doing those different workouts in a slightly different form. You know, I'm all the time just encouraging people not to do it exactly like me because we're different. Okay. I work out, you know, all year long and these guys, they were, they had great intentions of working out for the last three weeks before they came on this hunt but they didn't realize that their wife was going to have this big honeydew list before they left. And they were going to have all these things. So then they got no exercise at all. And then they show up <laughs> in camp and they think that the only, they think that they have to, they have to hike as hard or fast as I do. It's my job to, um, you know, like that, you know, it's like my job to kind of identify what's the best for each individual physically. And then we set our pace based on it. I pick my trails and the terrain that we're going to go on based on it. And I thought that, um, you know, I was really picking up on that, that the guy was just really encouraging to their strengths. And so yeah, I just thought that there was a real kindness behind it. Um, those are just some things that I picked up on that I thought were a positive thing out of it. Yeah. That I was like, I was like, gosh, you know, you're, I don't, you're not going to see that on everything. You're not going to see the, the encouragement. And then 
and the, that flexibility in the workouts, you know, that, you know, this can be for everybody and this can help you achieve your dreams kind of a thing. Cause that's what they're all, you know, that's what everybody's trying to do is, is trying to find that, you know, that, that group of people that, um, you know, you're, you know, your community or whatever. And, um, I just thought that that would be really open. That'd be something that, um, you know, couples could do like, you mm-hmm. know, Steph and I could do it and our, the workout, we'd be doing it at the exact same time, but it would look totally different. But at the end of it, um, yeah, man, I found some vulnerabilities in my body, uh, you know, because, uh, it's, <laughs> like, uh, that whole workout is like, uh, it doesn't leave a ton out. Yeah. You know, like as far as like, it definitely touched every, you know, everything. And, you know, some things I was like, yep, this is part of my, what I do already. You know, this is perfect. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of creative. You know, I should probably incorporate that into a few things that I do, um, you know, to isolate some muscle groups or whatever. And then there was just some things where I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got, to <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, yep. I, I think that would probably be everybody. Right. Like I, I yep. love that. I hope that, but that's exactly. just honesty right there. It's like, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. You'll know in about two days which muscle groups you have been working. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, mine will be mine will be yeah my back. Uh, it's definitely yeah definitely because the stability stuff, that core stability. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, man. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the, you sending that over. I love it. All right, T, I need you to give a little plug for your uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, if anybody likes to fish, um, you know, especially in the Midwest, uh, the JMO podcast guest i host uh, um it's it's we do one a week so we you know we do 52 a year and uh it's uh, it's all about fishing i have tremendous uh, uh guests on the show that i interview uh professional fishermen um that if anybody that fishes is going to know them. you know they're they're really uh top shelf um individuals in the industry and uh, we break down technical information on fishing so if you have any desire whatsoever to get better at fishing uh that's what you're after if you're not super into fishing it's definitely not what you're after <laughs> just for everyone's knowledge <laughs> if you're like fishing, yeah you're yeah <laughs> don't, don't even worry about it if uh yeah if you're not thinking about fishing but uh but yeah man no i yeah i just trying to be honest and upfront, you know um, but uh but yeah man no we, we we you know we enjoy that and um yeah. So thank you for letting me do that. Oh man. I, I tell you what, Taylor, I appreciate your time so much tonight. Um, I love getting to just see what inner workings it is to do what you do. You know what I mean? I, I know, you know, maybe some people were hoping to hear more about hunting stories and techniques and, you know, broadheads and equipment and, and, um, maybe a, a, a conversation for another day, but the things that I was really curious about, you just let me in on. And I, Honestly, you exceeded my expectations in that area. I, I thought, man, yeah, you probably needed those things, but then you said them all. I'm like, man, you are living like you are living this really well. So thank you for the encouragement, Taylor. I appreciate you, man. And um, we're going to keep following you and cheering you on from afar. And maybe just maybe someday I'll be able to say, Hey, can I be your client? I want to go to this camp, man. <laughs> I want to learn this yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. Hey, yeah. Come on out. We do whatever, dude. We can go on a rabbit hunt. You and I could go on a rabbit hunt, a squirrel hunt and have a great time and get, get all, get it all in, man. Because you know, that camaraderie and, you know, putting in the hard work, like it's all good stuff, man. We could do whatever. We could do yeah. whatever. But yeah, if you draw a tag, if you draw a tag, I would be so disappointed if you didn't call me. And that concludes the Freedom Project podcast. 
Thank you for taking your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, please hit like or subscribe and give it a five-star rating. We would appreciate this immensely. Have a wonderful day.